I want to welcome you to Daily Drive Time Devotions. This is our look together through John chapter 9, verses 8 to 12 today, our second day of looking through this chapter of Jesus' healing of the blind man and how God develops faith in all of our lives. First, Jesus heals, and then comes the reaction. Then comes the conflict. This is a chapter all about conflict. Today, we're going to look at the immediate reaction of the people. The rest of the week, we're going to look at the reaction of the Pharisees, the the parents, and then the man himself. But today, we focus on the immediate reaction of the crowd, the people that were around this man. Verses 8 to 12. Let me read those verses for you. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then when your eyes opened? they demanded. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He then told me, go Salome and wash. So I went and I washed and then I could see. Where is this man? They asked. I don't know, he said. It's an interesting exchange, isn't it? And it's all about what keeps us from seeing. As you look at this crowd, the conflict that came in, they should have been rejoicing. They, they should have been dancing in the streets. This man they knew, their neighbor, they'd watched him beg for years, some of them. They should, have been, they should have been at the height of their spiritual joy. But instead, instead, they're expressing their spiritual doubt. And it's one of the things that keeps us from seeing. Our doubt, our unsatisfied, our unquestioned doubt keeps us from seeing. These people couldn't believe it had happened because it never had happened before. So they let their experience determine their idea of what was possible. They said, this couldn't be him. It has to be somebody who looks like him. Now, I just want to, sort of an aside here, it's convicting to me personally that although he was their neighbor, they didn't recognize him. This was a man who they had passed day after day after day, some of them begging in the streets because he was blind, and they didn't recognize him. Why is that convicting to me? Because it's easy to ignore those who are suffering. It's easy in my busyness. It's easy in your busyness to just rush right by suffering people. And so when this man who they'd seen every day, who is their neighbor, is healed, some of them don't even recognize him because they hadn't looked at him. In fact, they'd probably looked away from him as they passed by him day after day after day. What keeps us from seeing? Doubt. We live in the dark because we've convinced ourselves that light is impossible. That's what's happening here. Is reconciliation in your marriage possible? Is a relationship with God, a fresh, real relationship with God, possible? Is forgiving another person possible? Is a new direction for your life possible? If you've convinced yourself that light is impossible, of course you're going to live in the dark. I would just say, don't let your past blind you to the possibilities of what God can do in your life. And just notice the questions of this crowd. Isn't this the man? How are you healed? Where is Jesus? First they ask, who? Is this the guy? And then once he says, yes, I am the guy, they ask, how? It's interesting, in this chapter, four different times, this man is asked by different people, how in the world did this happen? They have a lot of questions. But just in the way the crowd is asking these questions, you can tell they're not really looking for answers. It's more like accusations. It's more like cementing their doubt. And the truth is, for me and you both, we always stay in our doubt. Don't miss this. We always stay in our doubt when we use questions in the wrong way. When I use questions, when you use questions and you're not looking for answers, you're just looking to condemn. You're just looking to challenge. You're just looking to be sarcastic. You're just looking to hide. 
When we use questions in the wrong way, we always stay in our doubt. We all know what it is to hide behind a question we really don't want answered. Like, why me, Lord? Or where were you when I needed you, God? Do you really want God to answer that question? Do you? Then listen, because the answer might surprise you. Sometimes we ask questions and we really don't want to hear the answer because we don't want to be surprised. We just want to stay stuck where we are. Now, as they're asking these questions, this man gives them an answer. In verse 11, we hear his testimony. He says, very simply, the man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and washed, so I went and washed, and then I could see. That's his testimony, very simple. And as I read that testimony, there are three really good things about this testimony of this man. Number one, he didn't confuse methods with miracles. He didn't in any way give credit to the mud that Jesus put on his eyes. There's some miraculous mud found somewhere in this city. I've got to find it again. It's interesting. If you do a study of the New Testament, the different methods that Jesus used in healing, he was fond of using different methods. Sometimes he healed a blind man with just a word. Other times he healed, uh, one case he healed a couple of people that were blind, and they began to see slowly. First they saw people like they were trees, and then they could see more and more clearly. And then there's this man, he heals him by putting mud on his eyes and telling him to go and wash. I've always wondered what it would be like (laughs) if if these people who Jesus had healed in different ways had had a convention at some later point in life and talked about how Jesus heals blind people. One group would say, oh, he heals instantly with just a word. Other would say, no, he heals slowly. You, You blurred seeing and then you can see more and more. And then others would say, oh, no, no, he heals with mud. They'd be the, uh, the here's mud in your eye denomination today. That's how sometimes we get denominations. We argue about how Jesus did it in my life, and he did it a different way in your life, but the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, Jesus did it. Jesus worked this miracle, and this man gave credit to Jesus, not the mud. Now, there was, by the way, some meaning behind this method. By putting mud on the man's eyes, Jesus helped to enable faith in his life, expectation in his heart. He gave him a command that needed to be obeyed. That was the meaning that was here. But Jesus was the one that healed. He didn't confuse methods with miracles. Another great thing about this testimony of this man is he didn't mistake his participation for God's power. There's nothing in his testimony that you feel like, look at what I did. I made it all the way through these city streets, a blind man, to go down and wash in the pool of Siloam. And that is what caused me to be able to see. He just enabled me to believe in myself like I'd never believed in myself before. There's nothing of that in this man's testimony. Instead, he just, in a very simple, matter-of-fact way, says, Jesus told me to do this. I did what Jesus told me to do. And then I was able to see. He didn't take the credit away from the one who truly deserved credit. And we can do that sometimes. There's a warning in this about our testimonies. He didn't mistake his participation for God's power. And the third thing that I see in this man's testimony, he didn't confuse methods with miracles. He didn't mistake his participation for God's power. Third thing I see is he didn't feel the need to sensationalize that which was already awesome. He just says it in a simple and straightforward way. The way that this man answered shows that he knew there was something here that was above and beyond himself. Sometimes when when we give a testimony of how God has worked in our lives, we feel a need to sensationalize, to add this and add that, to make it so dramatic 
This man doesn't tell the story. Well, I, I walked through the streets and I tripped over this person and this happened and, and finally I felt I was close to the water and I got closer and I got closer and finally as I got close to the water, I, I dipped my hand and I could feel the cool water. I brought it up to my eyes. I, I washed the mud off. I could feel the mud dripping down my face and as it dripped down, well, you, you get the idea. I know we all have different personalities. And some of us, when we tell a story, there's more emotion and drama in it. And some of us, when we tell a story, there's more, there's a more matter-of-fact feel to it. But what I love about this man is he didn't sensationalize it. He just said, here's what Jesus did. And to me, to me, that shows how awesome it really was. The way that this man answered their questions, for those that would really listen that day, it was a way that would cause them to be able to end up with faith. In fact, that's what happened this day. Some did listen to this man, and they ended up with faith. Others didn't, and they stayed in their doubt. We've looked at doubt today, the doubt of the crowd and the answer of the man and his testimony. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you've never done this, or maybe you've not done it in a long time. I want to encourage you as you pray today to talk to God about your doubts. Just bring them to him. Say, Jesus Christ, you know I have doubts. I have doubts because of some struggles that I've been through in my life. I have doubts because of something that somebody's just said to me about your word or about you, and I, I wonder about what's really true. I have doubts that just hit me sometimes. I know what I believe, but I'm just driving down the street, and this thought hits me, this doubtful thought. God, I have doubts, and I bring them to you. Instead of questioning my doubts sarcastically and staying in my doubt, I bring this question to you. Because I know you want to answer my doubts. I know you want me to, I know you want me to doubt my doubts and to believe my beliefs. And I pray out of this example that you would strengthen faith in my life. Help me not to be afraid of my doubts. Help me to bring them to you. I bring them to you right now and to look for your answers. And even as I look for your answers, I realize I won't get everything answered in this world, but I will get every answer that I need from you. I trust in you, Jesus Christ, in your name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. Today we looked at the reaction of the crowd. Tomorrow we look at the reaction of the religious leaders. Mm-hmm.